chapter 1, on page 628 of the Church Bibles, starting at verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The second reading today is from Proverbs chapter 9 on page 636 of the Church Bibles. Starting at verse 1 again. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and she goes from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the ways of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many. And years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food in in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there and that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Thanks for having me here today, folks. I'm, I'm actually really, I've been looking forward to coming and joining you for uh, a number of weeks now. So good to be here. I want to start today by uh, passing on some wise words from some children Michael, who is 14 years old, says, When your dad is mad and asks, Do I look stupid? Don't answer him. <laughs> one for the, now, one for the mums. Talia, who's 11, says, When your mum is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. <laughs> Has that happened to anyone? No? Uh, Kyoyo, who's nine, I like this one, Never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. You think the mental picture going on there? Um, Amir, who is also nine, you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. <laughs> Who's tried that one? No. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is just about the peak of it. Uh, Joel, who is ten, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. Uh, Randy, who is nine, stay away from prunes. Um, <laughs> This one is perhaps most fitting for us at church this morning. Never try to baptise a cat. (laughs) We like wise sayings, don't we? 
And not just because they're funny. I mean, societies all over the world uh, do this. They have their own wise sayings, their own version of proverbs. Uh, for example, you've probably heard the old Chinese proverb, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but you teach him how to fish and, you'll, and he'll eat forever. Uh, but there's more to it than just Chinese proverbs. The Germans as well. Uh, fear makes the wolf bigger than he is. An Iranian proverb. The blind person who sees is better than a seeing person who is blind. Mm, some agreement. The East African proverb. One head cannot hold all wisdom. You hear these and you can't help but nod in agreement. Yeah, they're true, aren't they? For the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs in the Bible. And Proverbs is all about wisdom. Not just wisdom in terms of what you know, but wisdom in how you live. So I've called this series, Wisdom Living in God's World. Here's the question. What makes Proverbs any different from these other wise sayings? What sets Proverbs apart? If they're all just the same, if it's all just people making thoughtful reflections on life, if there really is no difference, then, well, you can just pick and choose what you like and you can ditch the rest. Today, I want to ask two questions, really just two questions. First one is, how do you read the book of Proverbs? How do you make sense of Proverbs today? And then secondly, I want to ask, what's so special about Proverbs What is it that does set it apart from these other wise sayings? What's so special about Proverbs? That's where we're going. Let's start. Uh, Question one for today. How do you make sense of Proverbs in the 21st century? I mean, I've just got three things I'm going to say here. Firstly, uh, it's good to know that there are two halves to the book. Well, they're not exactly halves, but two parts to the book. When we think of Proverbs, we often think of those little... Uh, pithy one-line sayings. But really, they only come from chapter 10 onwards. The first nine chapters are are a little bit different. It's um, much more just like longer-form prose. And really, it serves to prepare us. It's it's an invitation to listen to wisdom. In fact, we read this earlier in chapter 9. In chapter 9, wisdom is kind of personified as, as a woman... And she's, she's gotten her table, her house ready, and she calls people, come and feed. Feast on wisdom here and so live. But there was also a competing voice, wasn't there? The competing voice of folly. And she also called people to come into her house and feast on what she teaches. And in fact, in the first nine chapters, there's, there's another voice as well. That is the voice of the adulteress. See, folly and adultery, these are the competing voices against wisdom. And in chapter 1 to 9, we're being asked to make a choice. Will it be wisdom or folly or adultery? From whose table will you feast? Which voice will you listen to? What is going to direct your life? So when we read Proverbs today, even though we might be looking forward to those pithy little sayings. Don't neglect these opening chapters. We still need each of us today to answer that question for ourselves. From whose table will we feast? Folly, adultery, 
or wisdom. Second thing to notice this morning, uh, when, you, when you do get to those one-liners, chapter 10 onwards, you'll notice it all kind of seems muddled together. Uh, for example, let's take a look at chapter 20. Here are the first four verses of chapter 20. It says, Wine is a mocker and beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. A king's wrath strikes terror like the roar of a lion. Those who anger him forfeit their lives. It is to one's honour to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Sluggards do not plough in season, so at harvest time they look, but find nothing. Uh, That's just the first four verses of chapter 20. I chose that at random. Um, And here you have uh, four proverbs. The first one is, is about the harm that alcohol can bring. The second is about the value of submitting to rulers. The third highlights the foolishness of being argumentative, and the fourth demonstrates what happens when someone is lazy. And there's not really any overarching theme, no, 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 no big idea that is helping these things fit all together. It's just a bunch of wise sayings about life. They're all muddled, and that's really chapter 10 through chapter 31, all muddled together. Because isn't that what life is like? Life is muddled. One moment you're trying to figure out how to discipline your kids really well. The next you get a call from a friend who needs advice. And then later on that night you're preparing the budget for the year ahead. Proverbs is so real. It reflects what life is like. All manner of things just get thrown at us any day of the week. And we actually need wisdom on all of them, don't we? So when we read Proverbs today, it's good to appreciate that diversity Don't just look for the bits that you're interested in. Heed the wisdom on a range of areas. Because who really knows what we're going to face through the day? Thirdly then, uh, when you read Proverbs, you need to know that, that your situation matters. Your situation matters. Take a look at Proverbs 26 verse 4. Uh, It says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Uh, It warns against trying to reason with someone who's unreasonable. But check out the next verse. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. Now it says exactly the opposite. Now you're supposed to reason with the unreasonable person. What's going on here? It's not that Proverbs is contradicting itself. It's actually just that the situation you're in matters. Sometimes it's right to say nothing. Other times it's right to speak up and say something. That's that's the wisdom here. We have this in our our, our modern day wise sayings too. Uh, For example, we say, great minds think alike. But we also say, fools seldom differ. So... When you have the same idea as someone else, what are you? Are you the great mind? Are you you the fool? Only the situation you're in will determine your answer to that question. And that's the same with the Proverbs. Your situation matters. There are some Proverbs, however, that will apply in every situation. Here's an example. Uh, Proverbs 11 verse 1 says... The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favour with him. 
Now, can you think of a situation where that's not true? I can't. Because the truth of the proverb rests in a truth about God, that God is a God of justice. He hates dishonesty. He loves justice, and he'll always love justice. So the proverb itself is always true. Your situation does matter, but there are times when you're going to come across a proverb that is true no matter what. So, when we read the Proverbs in the 21st century, we need to think about how we apply these sayings to our lives. What situation are you in? Is this truth uh, a truth in every situation? And look, if you're unsure on that one, the answer you should probably err toward is yes. Uh, You read the one-liner, what part of your life does it speak into? What would it look like to be wise? What would it look like to put that into action in your life situation? There are three things, three things to know when you're reading Proverbs today. Uh, but what's the point? Why, 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 why bother with going through that now? Because I want to say, have a go this week. Have a go at reading some of the Proverbs. Why don't you try reading one of the first nine chapters and, and then maybe the next day read read one of the later chapters. See how they're different? And see how, how, how the big idea in the first nine chapters really helps set you up for what comes later. Hey, pick a couple of the one-liners. Consider your own life and what part of your life do they speak into? What, what would it look like to apply that in your situation? Have a go at reading some of the Proverbs this week. Okay, let's move on to the second question today. This is, this is the really one I'm really interested in. What's so special about the Proverbs? What makes this different to any other wisdom book? Uh, we read chapter 1 earlier, and I want to go back to that now. Chapter 1, uh, chapter one and verse 1, says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. There's a lot in those verses. Uh, It tells us the purpose of the book. It tells us that the book is not just about knowledge, but it's about actions, about wise living, doing what is right and just and fair. But we also see that the book is not just for, uh, the, the, sorry, that the book is for everybody. It's, it's for, the, for the simple, showing them which way to go, but it's also for the wise so that they can add to their learning. So there's lots in these first few verses. They give us the big purpose of the book. But if you think about it for a moment, couldn't any wisdom book really have that at the start, that as its purpose? Couldn't they just say the same thing, maybe change the author? But apart from that, You could find this in any book that wants to talk about wisdom. So what's so special about Proverbs? That comes in the very next verse, verse 7. This is is really the key, the take-home message of the whole book, the summary. The main idea without which the rest of the book will make no sense at all. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Here 
is the fundamental lesson of wisdom. Here is the starting point, the thing that you cannot miss. This one piece that makes everything else make sense. Is that there is a God and you ought to fear him. This is what sets Proverbs apart. See, there's a, a plethora of wisdom books out there, even today, that are being written. Just go home and Google books on wisdom, and you'll find more than you can poke a stick at. Look, there's books on wisdom from a neuroscience perspective or from a psychology perspective, books about making wise investments, books about having wise kind of relationships. There's even a book for those times when you just don't know what to do. But the gem amongst them, friends, I've done the research, and the gem amongst all of these is this book, Pocket Kardashian Wisdom, (laughs) where you'll hear such great lines as, I'll cry at the end of the day, not with fresh makeup on. Thanks, Kim. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a a, a joke book. uh, The website I found it on had it listed under non-fiction comedy, so that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? But you get the point, don't you? Wisdom books are everywhere. But here's the crucial difference. The one thing that sets Proverbs apart. They all leave this out, but it's unmissable. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Three things to say. Firstly, the fear of the Lord. You could hear this and wonder, am I supposed to be terrified of God? Like, I've forgotten puppet's name. Woofle. Am I supposed to be terrified of God? Is it like I'm the antelope and God is the prowling lion? I live in fear of him taking me down one day, of God smiting me. That's, is, is that what it means to fear the Lord? I don't quite think that's right. It's, it's not the kind of fear that makes you run away scared. It's, it's a sense of awe. Awe at, at, at God's greatness, at, at who he is, at his power. And not just like the kind of awe that you get when you see Steve Smith peel off another century against the ponds. This is the kind of awe that makes our knees knock. Because we're not just watching someone with impressive skills here. We're not just seeing a, a brilliant landscape or a great starry night. Our knees have to knock in God's presence because he's our creator. He's the one who made us, who keeps giving you breath moment by moment. Without God, there is, well, there's none of us. Which means we're not on a level playing field with God, right? He is superior and we are inferior. Proverbs says... If you're going to be wise, you need to have that right fear of God. The second thing to say is this, that that, that this is the starting point of wisdom. To fear God is the starting point of being wise. There's a lot to say about wisdom. There's another 30 chapters in the book after chapter 1. And even that doesn't cover wisdom in its entirety. But if you don't start at this point here with the fear of God, if you don't start here, you're going to miss the mark. 
If you try to do wisdom without this at the center, look, you're going to be wrong. You're going to get things wrong. Now, this isn't to say that the atheist is unable to be smart. No, no. In fact, there's many people who aren't on board with God for all sorts of reasons. But they come up with all sorts of wise things to say and discoveries and ideas and inventions. But for the person who won't acknowledge God as God, there's always going to be something missing, something that's just not right. Because to live in God's world and to have no reference to God, or, or even to live in God's world but to not rightly fear him, that's not wise. That, that cannot bring true wisdom to every situation. If you live in God's world, you'll need to learn how to relate to the God who made you. Third thing then, on despising wisdom and instruction. Again, the verse says there, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That last line is, is very provocative, isn't it? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If that's what a fool is, who would actually identify themselves as a fool? No one, probably. I couldn't think of anyone. Because we all think wisdom is a good thing. We just differ on what is wise. And that's the key. Because Proverbs is saying here that the beginning of wisdom is to fear God. And so the second line really just ups the ante a little bit. If you refuse to fear God... You are despised in wisdom. That's what the Bible's saying here. You're showing that you don't want to be wise. Because that's the real question wisdom poses to us. Earlier on we said we face we all face the, the choice. We're challenged. Are you going to choose wisdom or folly or adultery? Which really comes down to a choice between two options. Are you going to choose God or something else? When you think about what drives your life, are you going to let God do that or something else? For the ancient people who first read this, their options were God on the one hand, or on the, on the other hand, an idol, a little statue that the nations around them would have worshipped. We have a similar choice. We have the choice of God on the one hand or something else. Our something else is a little bit different though. We don't have, probably don't have statues. Uh, but there's still something other than God. Things like, uh, is my life going to center around my career? Or my family? Or my pleasure? Or, or, or my money? Or my status? None of these things are bad on their own. But none of them can take the place of God. Perhaps you're here today and you know in your life you're not really on board with the whole God thing. I hope today doesn't feel too much like a slap in the face to you. But I do hope you've caught on to what the Bible is saying here. If you're trying to do life without God, something's missing. Something's out of step, out of place. And no matter how smart you might be, and you might be very smart, You actually cannot live a wise life in God's world and say no to him. So, today I want to make that invitation to you. Why not get on board with God today? I don't belong to this church, but I know 
I can say this with absolute clarity. We'd love to help you do this. Dead set. I mean, that's what we're about. That's part of the, 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 the norm between this church and the church I'm part of across these different Trinity churches. We'd love to help you get on board with God. Do you want to do that today? Come and grab me afterwards. Come and grab Cameron. Turn to the person who you came with today. Don't let today go by. Get on board with God. And maybe you've still got questions about the whole thing. And, and that's fair enough too. But don't let that be an excuse. Don't let that be an excuse to do nothing. Again, let, let us help you wrestle through those questions. Let us know. Come tap us on the shoulder. We'd love to do that with you. If you're not on board with God yet, then this is the choice that wisdom puts in front of you today. Will you choose God? Or will you go after something else? Perhaps though you are here today and you are on board with God and you've made your choice and you've chosen God. And that's you, then I want to say, stay. Don't, don't move on from God. The prevailing view in our society is becoming that Christianity is for dummies. It's for people who need a spiritual crutch to get through life. It's for people who just won't listen to science, just won't listen to modern views. Christianity is for those who, who can't think for themselves and need someone else to tell them what to believe. Christianity is for dummies. Have you heard that kind of thing? If you claim to be a Christian, this kind of stuff can be off-putting. You hear it often enough and it can make you wonder, maybe I am a dummy after all. Maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe I need to kind of rethink it and make a different choice. Have you ever felt like that? I know I have. And so we need to hear again these great words of the Bible, great words of the Bible to you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Don't give up on God. Because when you think about it, all the other options are actually just empty. Take this one, for example. Our, our world says, the wisdom of the world today says, follow your own path. Do what makes you happy. Let your dreams guide you and forget about the rest. But where does that lead you? What is the end of that path? It's loneliness, isn't it? Because while you're pursuing everything that makes you happy and what you want, while you're following your own dreams and your own path and your own desires, you end up burning through relationships. You end up burning through those things that don't fulfill you. You become self-absorbed. At the end of the day, you end up alone. And no matter how much success you have in life, Nothing makes up for the loneliness that you'll feel. It's become a trope in movies. The rich person that has everything but feels so empty. Because that's what it leads to. And then we could go through other ways of doing life, other wise ways according to our world, but they all end up empty. Because in God's world, there really is only one way that's truly wise. And that is to choose to follow God. So friends, may I talk to you, if, if, if you are someone who has chosen to do that already in your life, 
Who will you listen to? When push comes to shove in your life, who are you going to listen to? Is it going to be yourself? Your own desires and hopes and wishes and dreams? Or are you going to listen to someone else? Someone who seems successful, someone who's kind of got it all together. Are you going to listen to society at large? Because if everybody agrees on something, how can we possibly get it all wrong? Well, friends, will you listen to God? To the one who made you? The one who loves you? The one who speaks to you? Wisdom calls out to you today, friends. Don't move on from God. Stick with him. Will you pray with me? Our gracious and loving God in heaven, you say to us some things that are true and yet challenging. You tell us that wisdom is not found in knowing books and books and books, but just knowing you and fearing you rightly. We pray that we would do that, Father. Teach us to be truly wise, we ask. For those of us here today who are not really on board with you, help us take the next step in what it means to choose to follow you. For those of us who are on board with you, who bear the name of Christ, we pray, Father, please help us stick with you. We live in a world that doesn't want us to, please help us by the power of your spirit stand firm and stay with you. We ask for your help in this, in the name of Jesus our Saviour. Amen.